2: and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Deborah Eckerling. I'm creator of The Deb Method, which is my system for goal setting, Simplify. I'm the author of Your Goal Guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals. And I am a goal champion who works with event planners to help their attendees get the most out of their events by doing what else? setting goals. And you can't reach your goals on your own. You need your peeps. And to do that, to expand your network, we do that, or to expand your tribe, we do that through networking, which is today's topic. And I know I always say it's my favorite topic, but this is one of the times where I mean it more than others. (laughs) Because again, in uh, my guest today, I have met through networking. So Annie P. Ruggles, We were on a networking call together. We didn't actually meet, but she saw my little who I am in the chat and said, I need to meet someone who names her system after herself. So that is how we met and we've been friends ever since. And Diane Darling and I, other than the fact that she's got like one of the most awesome names ever, We just met about a month ago through Innovation Women, and both Annie and Diane are on the Innovation Women platform, only slightly accidentally on purpose that they're both here today. And we may have another guest joining us in, but in the meantime, I would love for Annie and Diane to introduce themselves. So Annie, we'll start with you. Why don't you share who you are, why you're here? And why networking is so... Well, what is networking to you? Let's what start that What is... Way.
0: Ne- Ooh, a definition. Hey, y'all. I'm Annie P. Ruggles. I am the founder of the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and the host of a podcast called Too Legitimate to Quit, which is instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. Deb was on my show talking about Allie McBeal um uh, that is what i do i am here because a i love deb who i refer to as deb but formally i should refer to as debra uh and really networking is the only reason Why I have a business because I teach relationship based sales and I used to be in relationship based marketing. And if you don't have relationships, you can't possibly treat the other person like a person and not a transaction. So you don't make any money and you don't make a lasting impression. So, networking to me is the art of showing up authentically and putting yourself out there so that other people can find you. And you can find them. That was so succinct. Yeah, pretty succinct for me. Deb knows I can. Well, I'm really
2: glad you can join in. And one of the things you're working on, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, is you're exploring the power of LinkedIn groups, which Mm -hmm. is a little bit (laughs) the lesser known cousin to the Facebook group. So we will get into that later. But always great to see you. And so glad you're here. Diane, welcome.
1: Thank you. My pleasure.
2: As to who you are, I mean, you're a networking coach. So obviously, of course, you're here. But <laughs> what is it about who you are, what you do? Why networking for you?
1: So the quick story is, is, that I had started a business called Lost and Found. I was going to help airlines and hotels manage their lost and found inventory. And uh, this is not products that they want to keep. In most cases, there's very little value. But it's someone's favorite necklace, like your black one. It might have been given to you by your cousin, or you know, it mom, has a a,
0: mem-
1: a memory or whatever at mom or something like that. And you know, if you if it's gone, it's important to you. So I was working like crazy on that. Sadly, September 11th happened. That business went away with, you know, so much else. And someone came up to me about a month later and they said, you know, Diane, I was amazed at you starting this business because you had never started a business before. And, um, but what I kept hearing you talk about was your meeting. And you would say you would get a meeting with Annie and someone would say to you, how do you know Annie? Well, I met Annie through, you know, Deb. And so, you know, she said, Hey, you know, Annie, would you talk to my friend, Diane? And, you know, Annie runs a hotel or whatever else it was. And they said, but what if Annie doesn't return the phone call? And I'm like, I check in with Deb. Is something okay? And she said, oh, she's been away on vacation, whatever it might be. And they said, can you teach me how you network? And I'm like, I network? I really didn't think of that as networking. I just thought of that as being, I, I'm from, I went from Indiana for much of my life. So, you know, mid us Midwesterners Westerners get this. We talk to everybody. We say, hi, I'm from Boston. Now, if I say hi, they think I want us to steal their children. So it's a whole different thing on that sort of, you know, purposeful way and, and authentic way. Because then if, you know, Annie, if I have the meeting, I say, Deb, Hey, I had the meeting. Thank you so much. I follow up. So I build the relationships in multiple situations. My two definitions of networking is one, it's building relationships before you need them. And two, it is the transference of trust. So the people who are joining us tonight don't know me probably, but they are trusting Deb that I am worth the time. They are trusting Deb, that Annie and Jessica are worth the time. So part of this is thinking about how you do that. And then, you know, I gave, I sure I said, I'll give this talk and someone at the back walked up to me and they said, what's your speaking fee? I'd like to hire you for my marketing agency. The artistic talent do not give themselves credit for networking. They are the ones who network with the client and saying, no, you cannot have that purple or no, you cannot have that chartreuse. <laughs> it's off brand. And the salespeople think that they do all the networking and they do, but the internal people in many cases, keep the client, retain the client, get referrals from that client, you know, get bigger billings from that. And so they said, please come in and have these people. So what I find a lot of the population that I work with are very highly intelligent people who do not give themselves credit for the networking they do. And they need it more than they might otherwise lawyers, accountants, Um, engineers, a lot of those types of folks.
2: I love all that you do. And I love that you found this so important niche. One of the things that you said, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, but the value of networking before you meet it, because we're all building the tribe. We're building the relationships and the people we meet aren't necessarily our clients, but everybody has their own circles and that's such a valuable part of this whole process. So Great to see you, glad you can join. And Jessica, you made it, so welcome.
3: <laughs> Thank you, I apologize, I, um, I apologize.
2: <laughs> well, we are glad you're here. I was explaining earlier how I've met both Annie and Diane online. Jessica and I met in real life through networking because she was on a panel I moderated. Oh, I was trying to think like 10 years ago for Social Media Club LA. And then you've been one of my 140 conference speakers when we do the, you know, back in real life events. Uh, so really yeah. excited to have you here. Uh, please uh, introduce yourself and share what your definition of networking is and why you feel it's important.
3: You know, I thought about this a lot. And I think that I'm a very accidental networker and like that that's probably um why I've been able to be good at it is I just like people. Um, and I don't, I, I run very quickly from people who I feel are trying to build their networks. I, I realized like the other day, uh, you tagged me on a LinkedIn post, and I was like, I freaking hate LinkedIn because I made a mistake in the beginning and I sort of accepted a lot of invitations from people that not so much that I didn't know, but that I wouldn't refer my friends to. And so I have this kind of very curated circle of people around me. And maybe it's a smaller circle than some, but I enjoy every person that's in my life. And I enjoy connecting them to one another. I really, truly enjoy their successes. Um, And so that for me is my networking. And I think that Um, you know, that as I've aged, that that's changed a lot. I'm sorry, I have like something sticking in my eye (laughs) that's making me crazy. Um, I felt like before I needed people more and I felt very abused in networking situations. Like, you know, like, you know, you get a hit on national TV and all of a sudden those folks that weren't so nice get really nice. Um, and, And that's gone From me right now. Right now, the folks that kind of are in my Rolodex, I'm like, okay, this one knows how to fundraise like nobody's business. This one has a great business idea. And so that's where my day went today was like watching two brilliant, kind, um, accomplished women come together and hopefully build something together. Um, so my networking is, is in a state of flux. And again, I think the last couple of years had us all um, reevaluating kind of how we spend our time since we have such a limited amount of it. I can't be the only person that, that really ran out of time last year. But with that being said, I show up for you late, but I show up for you, um, and joyfully and gratefully.
2: This is why I like putting these conversations together, because we have three very different people, well, four, let's include me, with similar and different approaches, because it really is about, first of all, the genuine, the authentic, but keeping that, keeping yourself open to letting people into your bubble. Uh, I don't think you told people what it is that you do. So do you want to do a quick you intro and then we'll jump into talking more about networking as a general thing in specifics?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm an aged out mom blogger. Um, so I, you know, w- I was one of the very early mom bloggers. I started in 2006 um, and kind of have, you know, shared all the words that I'm ready to share Um, I still do some writing. I just still do some ghost writing and I, I help people with influencer campaigns. Um, And I currently am helping, um, some friends of mine who have a brick and mortar that, um, just, you know, tip to tail needs their social media organized and planned and stuff. So I I'm in a very sweet spot where I kind of pick and choose my clients and, um, my passions and my clients can align. Awesome. Well that's good. That's
2: that's where the happy factor comes in. When you do what you want and you're able to do it to make other people's lives better. And I would I asked this on the Twitter chat. So every Sunday night I lead the gold chat Twitter chat and then on Mondays I bring in three friends to dive deep into a topic and then on Thursday it magically becomes an episode of the Dev Show podcast. So you may be watching us live or the replay or listening either way, so glad you're here. And I asked this in the chat last night, I asked people how they feel about networking, and I think you all answered it, but can you, can you summarize, uh, Annie, how
0: do you feel about networking? Emotionally or strategically? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, number one, based on what Diane said, I think we need to write a collaborative book called Network Like a Midwesterner. Because the Missouri in me honors the Indiana and in you. Um, and even in Chicago unlike Boston, if I ask people how they are, they tell me their entire life story because we're still in the Midwest. Uh, networking- and I used to live in St. Louis, so I got you there. I'm from St. Louis! Okay, we'll talk about this later. We'll Where'd talk you go about to high school? I knew you were going to ask me that. I went to Villa Duchenne. Where did you go to high school? I wasn't there in high school, but I was well, in Indiana. Well, then why did you ask me, Diane? Because I, I know that's the question yet. that you it always is. ask
1: people. And when you're from St. Louis, this is how I prove. I met the CEO of Ernst & Young, and he was from St. Louis. And I yeah. said, would you go to high school? And he says, oh, my God.
0: I'm so glad that came up. Everyone, critically. Let me tipped. just pop in. Yeah. This,
3: when you ask somebody, when you find out somebody grew up in L.A., you say, what was your first car?
0: That was your first question. I love that. Or what gym you went to? Or what gym you went to? Little,
3: there's like, there's a little bit of that. Um, just what, saying what, what, that. What, what gym might be you go to means other
0: places. <laughs> See, but now we already have hot take number one. Know your intro question when networking because you can ask every single person the exact same question and get a really great response. And sometimes it is geo specific. If you are in St. Louis. Ask people where they went to high school. It happens. And apparently in LA, ask everybody about cars and or gyms. Um, But how I feel about networking strategically, it's essential for growth phase businesses. Now I heard what Jessica said. Jessica said, I don't need all of this excess right now. I don't need a whole lot. I got a really curated small. That's freaking awesome. Did you all also hear that Jessica said she was blogging in 2006? Jessica has earned the right to network like small. However she wants to. Hell yes. But for growth phase businesses and a lot of my clients who are earlier, networking is the lifeblood of your business. If you don't have networking, you don't have partners, you don't have brand awareness that comes organically, you pay for every inch of brand awareness that you get, right? So for a growth phase or especially a new business, it's essential. Now, how I feel about networking has really changed. I am a loud introvert. I am an introvert. But as have y'all seen, I have all very, very loud and very flaily. I just burn out really quickly. And so networking for me used to be a chore in the before four times. I would always have to kind of kick myself off the wall to not be a literal wallflower and get out and talk to people. But my impression of networking and my love of networking has blossomed when I discovered podcasting, which is the perfect networking platform for me. So now I approach all networking with extreme enthusiasm that I really didn't predict. And you do have an awesome podcast. Thank you. It's just, it's just fun, but it's also very on
2: brand for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Diane, it's silly to ask the networking coach how she feels about networking, but I'm going to ask you anyway.
1: Well, I think the reason why I like teaching it is I understand the awkwardness and the pain of it. And, um, you know, I talked about, you know, my nine 11 situation, but when people say where I'm from, I have no answer. That's because I left Washington DC when I was one. And even and people who you're the, the DC watchers will understand this is that the hospital was in Maryland and my parents lived in Virginia. So even at birth, When I was six months old, we crossed into the Canadian border and the border guard says, cute little girl, where was she born? My dad says, Virginia. My mother says, Maryland. And he says, you're not taking this child out of the country unless (laughs) you guys know where this child was born. So and then at a year, we moved to Colorado. Then at six, I moved to the Philippines. Then I came back to Colorado. Then at nine, I moved to Indiana. Then, you know, 13, Washington, D.C. So for me, networking was not networking. It was how do you meet new people? Because you're always in a new environment. How do you feel included? How do you deal with being excluded and you don't know anybody and you need a haircut or you need a dentist or you need that, whatever. So for me, networking was a necessity, not thinking it's networking because I never thought it was networking. I thought it was being helpful, being kind, being you know appreciative. Um, And so for me, um, I... I was truly insulted when this person asked me if I would teach networking because I'm like, that's just a creepy thing that people do who are sleazy and want something from you. I didn't see. And they said, no, 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 Diane, you help people get jobs. You help them find apartments. You you know, you're always saying you two should meet, you two should meet, you should two, two should meet. So for me, I understood the one icky part about it. And two, I understood the useful part about it. And I also understood that it wasn't necessarily, it was hard for me, the hardest part about networking or teaching it has been for me not to understand why would you not connect to people if that would be helpful to them. And one time in Europe, I was teaching cardiologists and um, I'd done this workshop about, you know, networking and how it's important for your career and you'll get on trials and you'll get on, you know, operations, if you know who the doctor is and that sort of stuff. And so I, afterwards I'm feeling proud of myself and it was very curious because there were 50 countries and, you know, nationalities in my workshop. And it was just, I mean, I sat there at one point thinking, no one is doing this in their native language. Even the Brit is doing, he's translating into American back and forth to me. And he was, he was, he was Diana Spencer's, Diana Spencer's father's cardiologist. He was in the church when her father went down the aisle because they thought he might die, um... And so, it, I mean, it was just amazing. So I'm with all these people. We go to the cocktail party where you're having, you know, wine and, you know, and there's this man all by himself. And I said to the two young guys next to me, go ask him to join us. And they said, he looks busy. And I'm like, he's by himself. And they said, he looks like he's thinking. And he definitely looked like he was in thought. Um, and I said, no, you know, and I kind of was like, I'm a total failure. I just did this whole workshop. And they They said, show us how. <laughs> My heart's pounding because I'm not a cardiologist. My inferiority complex is down here. My imposter syndrome is screaming. And I go to this man and I said to him, and I will always remember this moment. I said, sir, would you like to join our conversation? And he said, that would be very kind. Ah. Uh-huh. And so he came and joined our conversation. The three of them had dinner together. I was at the head table and I'm imagining they're inventing, you know, a medical instrument or something like that together. And at the end of dinner, the two young guys came up to me and they said, Diane, you have no idea. He's a rock star in cardiology. He's the chief cardiologist for Greece. There was no way that we as young puppies would have gone up to him and said, join our conversation. The older, not old, so much older man, but the gentleman, the doctor from Greece, who came up to me and said... Diane, so much for making me feel included. I had a really difficult day in surgery. I'm not sure I want to know what a difficult day in surgery is like for a cardiologist. (laughs) So I was, that taught me so much about this isn't what can I get from people? It's how I can connect people and make the collective more valuable and appreciative for all.
2: So it goes back to, you can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people because everybody knows Things or other people.
1: And it was interesting because if I had said what was my goal for the night, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have had an answer make the cardiologist of Greece feel happy. Instead, <laughs> but it, and I think this is what's so helpful for people to really understand what authentic networking, effective networking is about and kick to the curb these knuckleheads who maybe Jessica, you invited in your LinkedIn in the beginning who now kind of aren't matching that and you just kind of let them. Find their way and and let them go,
2: Jessica. Same question, yes. even though we do kind of know how you feel about networking. Um, yeah, th- do you have do you have any additions <laughs> any any thoughts
3: after hearing Annie or, or Diane? Um, no, no, I feel very privileged to you know be able to connect to the people that I I know and admire. Um, I, I like that you call it a privilege. It is um, to let. You know, these aren't small decisions that people are making when they're hiring and firing or when they're launching a business. This is like, it's just like having a baby. I I mean, it is huge. Um, And also, you know, motherhood is really like the big kind of networking event, right? Because it's like, it is a fool that thinks that she can raise a child without her girlfriends. That is, you can do it a lot of ways, but you cannot do it without girlfriends. Um, So when people are reaching out in these moments, it's not the easy stuff. People don't say, hey, do you have a recommendation for this, that, or the other? Because it's easy. If it was easy, it would be done. Um, So it is a privilege for, you know, to kind of connect people or to connect a person to a business. And it's one that I um, do very mindfully, um, very mindfully. Jessica, I'll ditto,
1: I'll ditto that 100% because the other day someone said, Well, could you whisper in so and so's ear the name of my business and see? I'm like, There's no way I'm whispering your business name in anybody's. <laughs>
0: whisper anything to anyone if I'm recommending someone I'm recommending them full trust and full enthusiasm because like what Jessica said it's the transference of trust that's huge right did Jessica say that Uh, Diane said that oh never mind it was Diane sorry (laughs) Diane um but it is it's that idea of trust if I'm introducing you to someone It means I trust you to do right by the person I'm introducing them to. I'm putting a portion of my relationship and my reputation at stake for you. I'm not just gonna do that for freaking anybody. So
2: the the other thing that I wanna wanna pick up on is something that Jessica said that people don't ask for things when it's easy, right? When it's an they usually it's need need based and need based can be like any range of. like really minor to super major referrals. Isn't the, it's semi-rhetorical. The purpose of networking is to have your tribe. So when you need things, you know who the right person is to ask. It was only semi-rhetorical. Any of the panelists jump on in.
3: Listen, has- um, I, I think Diane talked about that, about, you know, kind of having, you know, this, your sort of network set up before you need them and stuff. Um, I don't like to do that. I like to be late and, uh, have five alarm fires left and right. So that's just not my, in my wheelhouse, but like in theory, in theory <laughs> that's the way to go. And, you know, once upon a time, and it's funny. So as, uh, our, our kids are graduating college or looking at internships and stuff. I'll say to my friend's kids, you're going into that industry. I want you to go connect with me on LinkedIn. I want you to look. I And I don't say this to everyone's kid, but I got like a friend who's got like two of the hardest working girls you ever met. They're smart. They're bright. They know how to work hard. They can work anywhere. I'm like, just look, I will connect you with absolutely anybody on that list. And then I'm looking at it and going, oh, but not that one right? Because you're just like, you can't let that be someone's first experience. And again, so that, you know, goes back to me needing um, a more curated network. Um, and everybody, I think at every stage, because, you know, I had, you know, I, I, I've worked for myself for 23 years, um, I've had businesses go bankrupt on me, I've had checks not be cashed, I've had, um, I had a pump and dump put my picture on their flyer people were calling me going, Oh my God, I saw, you know, you're on this, you know, thing. And, and the next thing I know, I get a call from the one woman with chutzpah to like, say it and she called me. She's like, I just resigned. Did you realize that it's like a full pump and dump? And I was like, no, I did not. But now I do, you know? Um, But let me tell you that lady. Now here we are a dozen years later, she calls me at 2 a.m. for a pint of blood. I'm going and I'm bringing a friend too, you know? So I don't remember what the question is. Oh, the preparedness. <laughs> it is, I, I, I do have somebody for everything and um, mostly women too, um, because I know I know that we do business in a very specific way. Most of us in, in a way that I would like my children to enter the business world.
1: I mean, Jessica, I would say to you that you do have your network built because when the fire happens, you know who to call.
3: Yeah, I do.
1: You know, and I think that I, I often deal in procrastination fire, you know, adrenaline mode more than I wish I did. Um, I mean, I, in theory, think I can get from my apartment to the airport in 10 minutes in Boston. And I can, but that doesn't mean I can get to the gate. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the part I forget, you know, but, you know, I'm like, oh, I can get there in 10 minutes. Yeah, but you can't get to the gate in 10, you know. You could I mean, take a water taxi. Well, you, but you can't even get to the gate when you're from the airport in when the second you're to the airport. It's still going to be a half an hour to get to the gate. So, yeah. but I think, you know, you need to give yourself a lot of credit because you have built, Jessica, that network of people who will return your call at two o'clock in the morning and who can who feels safe calling you. And that's not an average thing that I make that call at two in the morning without feeling like I really trust somebody who will pick up the call.
2: So we go out networking, or we don't even try, right? We just meet people because we're those type of people. What's the next thing? And, and I mentioned earlier, Annie and I were on a call together, but we didn't meet. But she reached out and said, hey, Dad, we need to be friends. She was right. Um, so what do you do? What is your best tip for the next step after you meet a new friend,
1: Diane? So I have three parts of this: is it's skills, strategy, and serendipity. So the strategy is, Deborah, you invited us tonight. The skills are: I'm prepared. I have my water right here. In worst case scenario, my earbuds are here. I live near a hospital, so I have the ability to mute really quickly. That's the skills. You know, if I go to it, I was the master of ceremonies at, um, the small business awards on, um, Thursday, I had my business cards in my right pocket. When Jessica gives me a card, it goes into the left pocket. So I don't get them confused. I have the lipstick in the pocket. You know, I, um, had tissues near me cause I knew some of the, you know, um, presenters might get a bit emotional as they were thinking their parents, you know, particularly some of the, these awards during the last two years, this is the first time we'd met. I, this is the first time I'd met my team. And in two, in, since I started the job, I had never met my boss until, you know, the day before. So it's the skills, this, and then, then the serendipity is me grabbing my bag, putting it over my shoulder at a conference. Like I often do turning around and realize I've hit somebody and I'm all, I turn around and say, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to hit you. Who did I hit? I hit Dr. Ruth. Oops. Oh,
3: did
1: so I said, to Dr. I said, Dr. Ruth, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hit you. Her response. Of course you did not mean to hit me. And so I said, could I ever interview you about your career path, serendipity? The next thing, oh no, two weeks later, I'm in a New York cafe interviewing Dr. Ruth on her career path. So I think part of it is I like to talk about things are gonna go wrong, accept it, that sort of stuff. But do have like when I go into networking events, I have a piece of paper and a pen. And I had this in my pocket when I hit Dr. Ruth. And she I said, What's your phone number? And she says, I mean, she said it so fast, there would have been no way for me to pull out a phone. (laughs) No way. So I just scratched this thing and it was, you know, so-and-so to call. And Zoom, somebody, you know, has whisked her off because she's five foot, you know, nothing. And so then I follow up and I say, you know, met Dr. Ruth at this. You know, one time I met um, somebody on a plane. The man starts holding my hand across the aisle during turbulence. What happens several months later? He and I teach football together. Of course. Because Mm -hmm. if you can't speak sports, you can't network. And that was my premise. So, you know, but what happened in the meantime, I sent his assistant a note. I sent him a postcard. So I had that system of follow-up. So I often say that networking, that the meeting isn't, the meeting matters, but the meeting isn't where it starts anymore than birth is where life starts. And I never had the privilege of having children. And that's going to be a question I will ask God. Like, would I have been that bad of a mother? You could give me at least one, but anyhow. So, you know, I think in some cases we have to realize that we have to keep this, our our network isn't an, an organic being. It needs life. It needs nourishment. It needs pruning. It needs, you know, um, adjusting. You know, as you, when you're young in your career, you have different needs than you do when you're senior. When you're senior, you're trying to figure out who you can bring in to boards. You're trying to figure out who you can bring in to having some different ways to make it a beautiful experience.
2: Always be open because you never know. <laughs> very, very succinctly. I, I think you're the example of everybody is one degree away because I think, you know, everybody, or at least everybody, you know, knows somebody. So forget and, seven
1: degrees. It's one or two. I mean, people say to me, no, there's no seven degrees. It's Diane's at two. But I think part of it is it's not just my network. It's not just Je- Jessica's network. When she reaches out, it's who That ring knows. Mm -hmm. So we often think about who's in. You know, he was. I said to the day, oh, you should meet so and so. I'm like, I don't need that. I'm like, you don't know who they know. Yes, they said they're not looking for a job. This is an an, technical engineer. I said, oh, I think they're looking for a job. I'm like, no, but they know people who are. Jessica,
3: what is Hmm. your next step after you meet people? Uh, I'm thinking about this. So I, um, you know, it's just a follow up, and it depends on who they are. You know, for a lot of people, that's just a text and i um I just met a guy i was at um I, w- oh, I was in Las Vegas um gambling and uh he there was I, but I have a friend who has uh started a nonprofit and is looking for partners and and it was a medical specialty med conference and so she's got cancer and so you know everybody's trying to pull information out of you know everyone at the table and uh you know as soon as he mentions Novartis, I'm like all right listen, I got this thing. And he and he was like, I don't want to hear it. And I was like, okay, but I'm telling you, it's 36 year old mother, uh, diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer, right after she has the baby. And instead of crawling into the corner crying, she's founded a nonprofit working full time. And so is her husband and don't you want to be part of it. So anyhow, so um, I've had some follow up emails with him. He was just like, whatever, just like threw his card at me. Um, so sometimes it's just haranguing people until they realize that they want to meet you. <laughs> um, and um, you know, like to me, the fifth no might be the one that like means no. like I'm I, you know, if it's something that I care about. but um, for the most part, I just like people, and I like their stories. Um, and so I try and figure out how they talk, and then I put myself in the place where I can listen. Um, and that's really it. it there, there isn't a whole heck of a lot more to it than that. And again, you know, I don't have a very well um, designed career path. Um, it's just my career has kind of had to fit in with my life, not my life hasn't had to fit in with my career because I'm in a household with two of them. We decided to prioritize one. Um, so that means that, you know, I've done a lot of different things and worked with a lot of different people, but they all have that same kind of common thread, which is storytelling. Um, so, um, and I can't tell a story until I hear it first. Really good point. And,
2: and that's why I do this. I love people and I love bringing people and their people together. So definitely <laughs> so some good connection. Good connective, I was going to say connective tissue, but then we're checking too much medical. So let's go to Annie and get her take on this question. And I know the answer, but you should probably tell the other people. What do you do after
0: you meet people, Annie? Uh, I love Jessica's point about follow-up. I feel like I used to sit on the sidelines and wait for people to get to me. Uh, Time is money, baby. So if you're going to become somebody's best friend, you may as well start now. Uh, And that also goes not wasting time beating around the bush being super formal if that's not right for you or the kind of relationship. So super caveat on this. Those of you who are in the corporate world and entrenched in the corporate world and trying to advance in the corporate world, please kindly stick your fingers in your ears and hum because I do not want you to get in trouble because of me. But solopreneurs, small business owners, and anybody who's out there repping a brand that is fueled by themselves, ask yourself what level of formality is appropriate. Often what I see is that we approach people in this kind of vapid, corporate-taught way where we say like, oh, Jessica and Diane, dear Jessica, comma, dear Diane, comma. It was a true pleasure being on Gold Chat Live with each of you. Thank you for your connection and your time. Please connect with me on LinkedIn, formerly Annie Peguagos. Like, who the crap is, ooh, sorry, Deb, who the poop is going to read that, right, and, and get excited about it, right? So if I send you a note, and I feel like you are a good peer for me, because I don't go out looking for clients, I go out looking for peers right? That's another thing about networking. I'm looking for great people to introduce my people to. I'm great looking for great podcast guests. And I'm looking for new friends, to be totally honest, because that's the currency of my business is the relationships that I keep. So for me, if I go and I'm like, wow, this person would be a really great podcast guest. If they're Dr. freaking Ruth, then maybe the first thing I send her won't be a gift because that level of Informality is not necessarily appropriate, but if I had been in the hotel bar until 3 a.m. with Dr. Ruth, then you better darn well believe I'm going to send something, and be like, Hello, my sister in shots. Still can't believe I assaulted you with my purse. <laughs> so sorry. Thank you for agreeing to be on my podcast. Hopefully, it wasn't the liquor talking. Love Diane, right? So that's the kind of conversation you can get to quickly when you earn rapport with people. Keep that rapport going. So it's two parts. Number one, do not, not, not wait to be followed up with. You often wait forever. And by the time they do follow up with you, it's a bulk email or somebody added you to their mailing list or, uh, and, or make sure that you are responding as yourself. And if you connect with me on LinkedIn, you're probably getting a GIF. I'm millennial. I'm not even sorry about that.
2: (laughs) Well, what is the thing, be yourself? Because you're better at that than being anybody else. What? You should always be yourself because you're better
0: at being yourself than anybody else is at being you. Well, I'm not trying to kind anybody, right? I'm not trying to put on a front. If you do not vibe with this, that is okay. (laughs) A lot of people don't. But a lot of people go... Similarly to that beautiful story that Diane told about, it would thank you for involving me. That would be kind. If I'm the one going up to the other introverts, knowing I'm louder than them, and at least go up and be like, what's up, my introvert people? I am loud. I will usher us across the room. I will introduce everyone, but then y'all have to talk because I'm going to need a break. I literally posse up my introverts and carry them along with me. Why? Because then I'm rolling deep in friends. And they go, you know what? I don't remember anybody I met, but that Annie is hilarious and I felt really safe with her. Then they find out I teach sales and they go, she never sold me anything and I felt totally safe with her. She could have sold me anything. I want to learn sales from her. Or I have a client who teaches sales terribly. Or I have a client who's terrible at sales. They need Annie. Or I have a podcast. What was the name of that chick who was so nice to me? The weird Swaley one. Oh, Annie, her. And they don't have to look far because I have already followed up. Bam. Scraping.
1: And I'll just add that one thing that I, I was going, actually, I was, I'm was i sad. I was going to be in Chicago at the end of the month and it, the, the conference got canceled. But one of the things I did... You know, two weeks ago when I thought I was going was I went to every single speaker and I said, I look forward to hearing your remarks. Happy to connect in advance. I look forward to hearing your remarks. And I I did the networking ahead of time so that by the time I meet them in person, I it's not the first time my name is, you know, on their radar or whatever else it was. And since this has been canceled, I'm actually going to write a note to all the speakers tomorrow and say, well, since we were supposed to be together for lunch on the 25th or the 26th, how about we do a Zoom lunch anyhow and say, hi, you know, and so you don't know what's going to come out of that. But I think to, you know, Deb and your point about what is this process, in some cases, it's building those relationships ahead of time. Then when you're in the room saying, you know, I'm the person who did X, Y, and Z, um, and then it's the follow-up. So it has these different, it it, it reaches this, you know, org- organic part Um, I think to Annie's point about, you know, bringing people in a room, I will usually go to the people who are all by themselves. I get asked the question, Diane, how do I break into a group? I'm like, I don't. That's a bad day in seventh grade with Lisa, who was mean to me. I mean, I still remember her name (laughs) and I'm not going to say her last name because that's just not fair, but I'll say it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and when I say who remembers that Mean Girl in seventh grade, the women's hands all go up. I mean, we all remember that moment. So I said, I just go to people who are by themselves, and I will say, I'm not sure we've had a chance to say hello yet. My name is Diane Darling, you know, or you know, I I'm from Boston. It's my first time at the X Y Z event. My name is, and I jokingly say the reason why we don't like to walk up to strangers and talk to them is that you had really good parents your parents said, don't talk to strangers. And now we have to unteach ourselves as grown-ups that I can walk up to a stranger at a conference and not be afraid I'm going to get harmed.
2: Okay. I have to interject with like the best your parents tell you not to talk to strangers story opposite. Um, and I told Annie the story as soon as I found out she was from St. Louis. So when my mom and I drove cross country in two cars, we got stopped from Chicago suburbs. We got stopped in St. Louis and it was torrential downpour. So we basically hunkered down in St. Louis for a couple of days. We're at a casino. We met this really nice guy and it was before social. So of course, we're not still in touch. But we mentioned we're new in town, very friendly. He showed up at our hotel with fried ravioli because that's what you eat in St. Louis. And he took us on a tour of the arches. At midnight, don't talk to strangers, but if you're with your mom, it's okay to let him take you sightseeing in St. Louis at midnight. So there you I go.
0: Think that's a St. Louis thing because my parents talk to all things. Now, granted, my mom is a motivational speaker, now retired, so literally she would talk to a tree stump for an hour. <laughs> I love you, mom, but she would. Uh, my dad, though, he's the kind of person where no celebrity status ranks in him. If you're not Tony Bennett, like if you're not Tony Bennett and now by proxy, lady Gaga, he has no clue who you are. So the person at the event, and he would always go to these national speakers association meetings with my mom, but my mom was so tired of being on. She was in the pool. My dad would go around and do all the networking for the family, but because he knew no status of anyone ever, all of these people that normally don't get approached because they're A, alone, or B, a really big deal. My dad just saunters up to with his beautiful autism brain and he's like, Hey, that's it. That's my dad's opening line. Hey, you have to respond to that. If you said, Hi, I'm Diane, they could be like, Oh, hi, I'm Annie. I got, I feel <laughs> really compelled to like tell you what you told me. No, my dad just goes up and goes, Hi. And they're like, oh, hi, how are you? And it's not just peers of like speakers and everything else. My dad goes to coffee shops and winds up talking to Elvis Costello and Jerry Springer and all of these people who then are like, oh, my friend Pete, let me take a picture with you and post it on social media. My dad has no freaking presence, but my dad doesn't care and will talk to anyone. Right. So I love the idea of not discounting the people that are alone alone. Not only because they are potential rock stars, literal, right? But because they are an untapped resource of kindness and loveliness and energy that other people are choosing to look over. The riches are in the corners of the room, y'all. Because the loudest people in the room will already make sure you know they're there. But they're the most likely ones to have your business card, put it in the bottom of their bag and never see you again right? So I love that idea of working that perimeter. So we
2: have regular, regular viewer, Eugene Barles says, I talk to strangers. I already know the people I know. Strangers are more fun. And then they become friends. And so how many people, I mean, um, except for Jessica, well, okay, it's like two out of three are people who I've met in fake life over the last two years. But think about how many people you've met over the last two years, as opposed to the people you met 10 years before when you were only meeting people that you could meet face to face. And yeah, I I was always get recipes in the grocery store, you know, startup conversations at jury duty, every situation you're in and now every virtual situation you're in are opportunities to make, to make new strangers. And I was gonna ask, um, the how and the why, well, we know the why you meet people, but do any of you have a favorite place where you like to meet new people? Annie, favorite place to meet new people?
0: LinkedIn, baby. I know Jessica dislikes it. And there is a lot of ick on there. Don't get me wrong. There is. But now I am hoping more and more of my time will be spent on LinkedIn. And then in the real, real uh, I love conferences. I miss them dearly. I can't wait to go back to them. I miss weird box lunches and overcrowded elevators. I can't wait. <laughs> what about you, Jessica?
3: You can have my lunch. Uh, Mine, like, fits in my purse. <laughs> um, I, you know, I mean, listen, I, I've had a different couple years than you guys because I've been smack in the middle between two generations. So I, I haven't had a minute to come up for air. And frankly, it's been it's been rewarding in its own very specific way. But um, I do meet a lot of people at the grocery store. I'm very physically active, um, so you know, I meet a lot of people playing tennis, Pilates, yoga, running, biking, all the places that you find me. Um, but my new favorite online right now is I got to tell you. I love Twitter spaces Um, and I love Twitter spaces because the people that I meet are so much like me, Um, right? Cause we already share like a physical activity. I'm not typically in a workplace and my kids um, are like young adults and late night Twitter spaces is heavily populated by young adults, and that I get to listen in on their conversations. Like a lot of times they just boot me. And, you know, sometimes they're like, we want to talk, we want to talk. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really have anything to say. I'm here to listen. Like, if I'm changing the way people are talking, throw me out. And then, you know, they do or don't. But I love hearing what 20 somethings are talking about. It makes me very hopeful about the future um it makes the news feel less relevant in a lot of ways um which again is very comforting um and you know like i said i love people's stories you know i also grew up in a home where we waited a long time to get to sit in the front seat but got bumped to the back for hitchhikers so i come from a long line of talking to strangers (laughs) so
2: So, Diane, what about you? Where's your favorite place to meet people? And you can say everywhere, but or not. Go.
1: I think I I kind of like the randomness of the, you know, the the grocery store or the plane or something like that. Um, I mean, I was I was flying to Texas to teach at the University of Texas Law School when we hit turbulence in the man across the aisle was very nervous and he was getting increasingly nervous as we put things away. And then the flight attendant sat down and, you know, and we hit a bump so bad our arms went up and he reached his hand across the aisle and grabbed my hand and was clutching it. And I, I, I felt in pain for him. I really did. And, and at the time, my significant other was a pilot. And so I, he was, uh, with commercial, but he also had a four seater. So I'd been in, you know, I'm like, what can I do to make you better? And he says, take the plane down. I'm like, you don't want me in the cockpit. And I said, tell me what's taking you to Texas. And he says, football. And I said, how can you believe I teach people how to watch football? And I said, my dad was, you know, captain of his college team. He was center back in the day. And I said, people come up to me and they said, Diane, you know, I need to learn how to watch football because I'm missing out on business conversation. Someone says, you know, in this meeting, in a sales call, we got to do an end run, you know, or you drop the ball or, you know, whatever. I mean, there's all these phrases and they said, can you possibly teach me? And so I started teaching people how to watch football and his little head comes up, you know, like you do know you're, you're a girl with this kind of invisible bubble. And I'm just yap, yap, yap to calm him down. And then, you know, I, at one point I said, well, sir, since we've held hands, should we introduce ourselves? And that's when he says he's the athletic director for this college. And I said, you know, do you want to teach football with me? Bad moment. My lesson from that one was wrong moment. This man had just seen God. He, would, he did not want to talk about te- watching football. And so I followed up and then, you know, and I did. He said, I'm busy and can't do it. And what, one thing, or another. And then one day I actually saw him across the room at an event and I walked up to him and I'm dyslexic. And so I did what I call a dyslexic introduction. And, you know, Jessica, you get this. You have no name. I'm so-and-so's mom. You have no name for 20 years. You're so-and-so's mom. And so I looked at him and I said, sir, you may not remember me, but we held hands on a plane. He says, oh, I remember you. <laughs> And, you know, if I said, hi, I'm Diane Darling, he'd be like, okay. You know, but when I said here, and all of a sudden there was that, you know, connection. So I love the randomness. I really like one-on-one. I, you know, I don't dislike conferences. Um, I'm on the um, gentle side of being an introvert. I mean, my Myers-Briggs, I jokingly say my Myers-Briggs is FFI. I'm a friendly, functional introvert. And the functional is where Annie and I shine, you know, Mm because we're super functional at it. But at the end of the day, we get tired. We get burned out. I don't quite have, you know, her pizzazz in the same way. But we know how to be that highly functional person about bringing and making other people feel good. But I really just love the nourishment of a thoughtful one-on-one conversation and um, where I really get to know one person and I feel like it's a fine dining experience versus the fast food is kind of how I do the analogy of the conferences and things like that. I think those things are important to go to because I'll be going to one on Wednesday. Um, I forget what day is, Anyhow, sometime this next week, a few weeks, and I'll do it because I will be able to randomly bump into people that I haven't seen for one because of COVID, but two, I used to be a member of this women's organization. And I thought, you know, I really like those people. Let me rejoin that. Um, So I'll bump into a lot of people um, who will want to say, you know, hi, and that will be, then I'll have a follow-up collection from there.
2: I'm going to chime in with another comment from Jean who said, be careful. I'm the guy who introduces people in elevators to each other. Um, Raise your hand if that's you also, for sure. Okay, everybody but just Oh, see, everybody raised their hands. Yeah. Um, when I worked for Social Media Examiner for many years and worked their Social Media um, Marketing World Conference, uh, in addition to my stint uh, with as content concierge, one of my favorite things to do was talk to people in lines to find the people who were on their phones next to each other and starting those conversations. Or I would wingman people in my team who didn't like talking to people and and I was gonna say drag them around the room, but that's not nice, but accurate because sometimes people need that little push. And I think something very common in this conversation is you know, it's okay talk to strangers because nothing good's gonna come of just staring at your phone. On that note, let's talk about goals a little bit because this is a networking conversation and it is goal chat live. Um, so why don't we gift some goals to the people who are tuning in? So, uh, Annie, let's start with you. What goal would you like to gift, uh, to the, whether they're watching or listening, uh, something that they can do to help with their networking interview, someone you admire, interview, someone you admire. So if you don't have a blog or a podcast, start one so you can interview someone you admire. If you
0: don't have a blog or a podcast, sure, start one anyway, right? Look what blogging's done for Jessica. Look what podcasting's done for me, she said very kindly. But at the same point, uh, you can always do a one-off video. We are living in a video world, right? So maybe they don't want to be on camera. That's totally okay. You still could be, or you could be for parts of it. You could do an audiogram, Right. But there are a lot of different places and spaces where you can interview someone. You can interview someone as a Twitter chat. You could interview someone as an Instagram reel. The opportunities are really endless thanks to social media. But if you don't have an outlet, maybe it's time to start because it's really, really easy when you're networking to say, hey, let me showcase you and galvanize that relationship right away.
2: That's so true. And when I first moved to LA, I was freelance writing. And it was the best way to meet anybody. Oh, I write for the local paper. Everybody wants to talk to you. And now that we're in this age, you everybody can talk to you because you do have that outlet. Annie, I and I have to ask, you do have a dream person you want to interview, and how yes. is that going?
0: She has not yet responded. Well why don't you tell people who Jessica to to said use the word harangue and I really needed to hear that today. I'm coming for you, Monica Lewinsky. I will lovingly harangue you into the next century. I admire you so freaking much. Please, if you're listening to this, let me interview you. I will make you laugh. I will make you feel loved. I will not even say the C-word. Not relevant. Hit me up, Monica baby. So the answer is you're still working it. And you're going to get
1: there.
0: Yeah, it's a long game. It's a big goal, right? And so for me, it's going to take earning her trust and getting on her radar simultaneously. She's a big deal. She doesn't know me and she's been burned by almost everybody. Trust, I have a feeling, (laughs) is going to be paramount. I am putting in the work to earn that trust. Good for you. And we know it's going to happen. Eventually. I may be on my deathbed, but she's coming. I can feel it.
1: So, so annie let me push back on you for a second here what 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 about it's it's monica i get um but what is the what is the upside for her to be on your show versus mm-hmm. anybody anywhere else that she's been interviewed
0: The upside on my show is that she has this huge background in shame, similar to Brene Round, but really this idea of shame and overcoming humiliation. I see a lot of the talk and stuff that she's doing. They're still asking her about her past. I want to give her an opportunity to come and talk about her work, her body of work, and what she thinks small business owners need to know about overcoming haters. I just don't see that she's being given enough opportunities to talk about the topics that are important to her.
1: Yeah. I've not been able to finish her TED Talk yet. I just find I find her uh, so remarkable on how she Mm -hmm. has. I mean, she was literally at that intersection of craziness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And she was like 19 years old. Wild. So, Diane, while we're on you,
2: what goal would you like to gift our audience?
1: So I'm going to give them two. One okay. is go backwards to your network of people that you haven't talked to and say, I heard a podcast or I, w- I heard Deb's show and I thought of you and just wanted to say, hi, Shop in your own cl- networking closet, go to the people who you, you know, people are often thinking, you know, I, I don't want to talk to people. I know I'll only, me I mean, the question I get. Should I talk to the people I already know at an event or should I just go up to people I haven't yet met? And I'm like, well, the people that you know in the past aren't going to be particularly interested in talking to you ever in the future if you always are snubbing them for, you know, the new person. So one, I would go backwards and find some people who are, you know, um, in your past. The second thing I will encourage everybody to do is that when there's an opportunity to ask a question at either online or in a, a person event, is asked the first question.
2: Yes, you will be that that speaker's favorite person on the.
1: Planet. I am that. I, this is how <laughs> yes. I met Gloria Steinem. This is how I met the owner of the New England Patriots. This is how I met Deepak Chopra. I asked them the first question when nobody else asked a question at events.
2: It, when I did my TEDx a few weeks ago, it was it was pre-recorded, and then um, all the speakers were there for Q and A, and. There were a couple audience people, but mostly it was the other TEDx speakers always constantly asking the questions for that reason. So, yes. Awesome. I love the goals. What about you, Jessica? Do you have a goal to share, to gift?
3: Um, Yeah, I think, you know, when in doubt, just amplify voices around you. Um, you're typically surrounded by some really good content, especially if their audience is smaller than yours. Um, the, I, I found that being generous with with sharing great content has benefited everybody.
2: So, in just because I like to dial things down even more. Um, And I will also take this opportunity to thank you for writing such a beautiful review of your goal guide on Amazon. That was when I was going to text you about today, the the last message was my thank you to you. And I'm like, just so heartfelt. And it really just proves the littlest thing, whether it's giving someone a review of their book or sharing someone's book or sharing what other people are doing. That's a goal I think people can easily do. Once a day, once a week, find somewhere to amplify. Once an hour. Once an hour. Let me tell you. Okay, we'll go with like
3: once a day. <laughs> right. Um, but I, because listen, we like I'm to in keep a content them. creation business. And mm-hmm. I, I, everybody's heard enough from me. They know what I'm going to say. I've said it. It's been, you know, how many times can you do it over and over and over again? But I can sell your book a lot of times. And I like the three cents that I get from doing that. And I like it even when I don't get three cents from doing that as an affiliate that where they cook the books, like nobody's business. Um, But I I think that being, you know, very generous and sharing other people's um, exploits in, in sharing people's successes and sharing their work um, really can just only benefit everybody.
2: And, when you are out there, when you're being real, when your desire is to make friends and help those friends, it's win-win for everybody. And isn't that why we network? Um, before we wrap, where can people uh, connect with you, find out more about you, learn from you? Diane?
1: Online, dianedarling.com and certainly on LinkedIn. I'm on I'm on LinkedIn all day, every day. <laughs> Um, I live on LinkedIn, but um, I would say Diandarling.com is probably the other place to find me. Got it.
2: And Jessica, where can people find
3: you? Uh, I think I'm just
1: most on Twitter these days, actually.
3: I don't even know if my site has like decent hosting at this point, which um, (laughs) is like, it's the cobbler's children. I've been busy working on other people's stuff.
2: Which is perfectly understandable. It happens. Yeah. Um, So find Jessica, connect with her on Twitter. Sounds good. Uh,
0: What about you, Annie? Sorry, my mouse died. Uh, You can find me at AnniePRuggles.com. You can find my podcast at Too Legitimate or Too Legitimate to Quit wherever you listen to podcasts. That's what I want Monica for. Thank you for helping me put that out in the ether. Uh, And finally, I love LinkedIn. So if you search for me, just my name, I'd love to get connected to you over there. It's also where I do the bulk of my connecting interpersonally. So if you're looking for someone, it might not be me, but maybe I know who they are. Uh, Hit me up on LinkedIn.
2: Yes, and Annie has a fun group that she started on LinkedIn, the Legitimati. And I keep inviting people to the group because I think she should interview them. So <laughs> it, but it really is all about the community, so cool people can meet cool people. And I am at the Dev Method everywhere. And if you go to slash blog, you can uh, get the recaps to this and all the previous shows, as well as the links to the guests. And if you are a DIY kind of person, you can grab a copy of your goal guide on Amazon or your favorite place to buy books. Or you can just reach out to me, info at thedeadmethod.com to learn more about me and how I can help you all make the best out of your events through Goal Setting Simplified. Wow, Annie, Jessica, Diane, what a wonderful conversation. Do you have a final thought you would like to leave our viewers slash listeners with? Uh, Jessica, final thought? Nothing. Diane, do you have something you want to leave people with?
1: I think these days when we have so much going on and there's so much tough stuff that we do need to reconnect to our inner child. What I do on occasions is I take a picture of myself from kindergarten and I sit down and have a conversation with her and she cheers me up when I'm having a bad day. She makes me feel better that the world's not going to fall apart. She says to me, hang in there. There's good things to come. So, um, you know, my mom's gone and this weekend's a, you know was a tricky one. And I had always hoped I'd be a mom. But I think in some cases, we just do need to connect to our inner souls. And so I would just simply say, you know, I, I wake up in the morning and I say, Lord, what can I do with my gifts today? And I try and go to sleep and say, you know, what have I done with my gifts today?
2: Nice. It's like, um, it's almost like a mental health check in with you.
1: Elizabeth Gilbert shared the story about how she just she's always wanted someone to just absolutely love her. And, you know, her stories of whatnot. And so she now writes herself a love letter. I don't know if she does it every day at the moment when she told the story, she was doing it every day. She said, cause I'm never going to hear today. You were this, I'm absolutely amazing person. You did this, this, and this, she wasn't going to hear it from somebody else. And so she writes herself a love letter. And I don't necessarily know that we need to go that far, but I think sometimes it's important for us just to say, you know, we're okay or we're not. And I, I just need to be able to collapse today. I just need to be in pain today.
2: Wow. Wow. Okay, yeah, I, I, I've I got nothing better than good on you <laughs> to respond to that one. Uh, Annie,
0: something you want to share as we wrap? Just say hi. That's all you have to do. Just say hi. It's scary. It's weird. It does get easier. It's like a freaking muscle. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. But when you just jump in and say hi, you are risking A moment, two minutes maximum of discomfort. And what you get in exchange might be nothing, might just be that two minutes of discomfort, and then you can move on to your next two minutes, which might be incredible, or take those next two minutes for self-care. But risking that 20 seconds, 40 seconds, one minute, two minutes of discomfort might very likely open the door to something fantastic. And if you don't risk it, you don't get it. If you don't ask, the answer is always no.
2: Mm-hmm. So why not ask? Right?
0: Yep. Because I don't want <laughs> <What>? to. <laughs> Diane doesn't want you. Diane's done. It's like, now. I just want to go to home, Mommy. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, thank you all so much, Annie, Jessica, and Diane, for joining me today to talk about networking. If you're tuning in, Thank you for choosing yourself, your goals and your future by joining us whether you're watching or listening. And you know, you've made the choice, you want to invest in yourself, so go on out there, go for it because we know you can do it. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to the Dev show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow at the Dev Method on social media and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it.
0: This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.